this podcast is brought to you by audible.com. To get your free audiobook, just go to audible.com and sign up for a gold membership. And they'll give you a free audiobook. And if you cancel, well, you still get to keep the audiobook. So that's at audible.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode three. Before we start, let's just make sure that you are in in your comfy place. You just rustle in there. If it's cold where you are, make sure you're all rugged in. And if it's hot, well, make sure you've got the body just right. And realize that right now, most comfortable place on earth. Story number three. The farm. This story takes place in modern times. This year, in fact. Last week, I was driving along the Western Highway towards Stall in just one of those moments where it's just me in the car and I was just driving along lulling myself into that wayward thoughts that you get when you drive along the drive's a pretty one granted it's not the prettiest in the world but it's it's still pretty in its own way it has the rolling hills and the you know, the trees and I particularly like yeah, you know, the plantations or the orchards or groves, and how nature is represented in you know an orderly fashion, all in rows. And so I was driving along there, and I was looking at the scenery go by, listening to my favourite audiobook, and then every now and then just changing it to, you know, a favourite tune here and there. The destination was was my mother's place and I was driving out there to her farm and driving along I passed you know, town after town and it's one of those things where it feels like you almost go back in time. The houses and the architecture of those towns is of a bygone era but they still you know, stand there proud. They sure are built to last. I stop at a you know, at a town called Beauford. And I, you know, buy some lunch. I remember going past that town many, many years ago and it was actually in flood. And I look around now and I can't imagine that this town could ever be in flood. But sure enough, as I look around, it's it was it was. But it's perfectly fine now when I buy my lunch and get back in the car and drive on. And it's not too long before I reach you know, my mum's place and 
pull the car into the large shed that they have. They have a very large property, about 40 acres. And it's a, you know, it's a farm of a small, small scale. I always love going there. I always love getting away. As you know from the previous stories, where I came from, you know, was the country. It wasn't always like that. I was, I was a city boy originally. My father had a, had a business on Flinders Street in Melbourne. I remember going there when I was a child. And I fear that, that Dad had to look after, you know, his his two children when it was school holidays and so he took us along and he gave us this task which I took very seriously. Now, son, I have this book here and it needs to have the date stamped on every single page. I'm leaving it up to you because I know you're a responsible person. I need you to do the following. Take this stamp here and stamp it on the ink and then put it on the page and then turn the page and do it again and again and again. I treated the whole task like I was defusing a bomb. Such, such intense you know, concentration and nobody else could do it, only me. My dad entrusted that to me. Oh yes. He did use those books and they had the date on it. And I am pretty sure that most of them actually had the accurate date. I liked to change a little clicky wheely thing. But then we, we moved to the country. And that's where my roots set down, was there. So when I go to my mum's place in Stall, even though it's not actually the town that I grew up in, it's still a country town. It still has that country air of hay and grass and gum trees and dust. And the air is clean. Oh, the air is clean. Assuming you don't get stuck behind a cattle truck as it drives along, then the air is not very clean at all. But as I pull in and I take a step out, you know, I'm inside their large shed and the shed has its own honest smell about it. You know, with tires and, and old oil and there's an old tractor there and that had a smell of itself. And it's amazing, isn't it, how a smell can just bring back a memory all of a sudden. You could be walking along a road and you just smell something. Could be some food, perfume. And then you're transported back to a place and time. And for me it was it was that. I was chopping wood. I was about sixteen yeah, about sixteen years of age. And it was my responsibility. Talk about, you know, taking things very seriously, but it was my responsibility to bring in the wood, because we only had a wood heater, and start the fire. And of course that meant that I had to chop the wood as well. And in Australia we have this wood called red gum. 
Oh, it has to be the hardest wood on the planet. I'm sure a wood enthusiast might disagree, and if that's you right now, don't worry. Don't worry. I know that whatever I say, 90% of the time I'm wrong. But at the time, it was hard wood. And yet very good to take out your frustrations on. So I'd grab the wood and I'd throw it into the wheelbarrow and I'd wheel it up. And then take the wood and stack it, you know, a certain way. Light the fire and off we go. I prided myself on being able to light a campfire. And once when I was camping, I actually lit a fire in the rain. Oh yes, lit a fire in the rain. It wasn't heavy rain, but it was still rain. And I managed and took about an hour of careful nurturing and then I got that that fire going. And we, we enjoyed the warmth because one of the things you get when you go camping is you want to be able to feel warm. Being cold in a couple of days isn't nice, but when you get that fire and you feel the glow from the fire, it's just lovely. So when I'm standing in the shed in stall in 2019, temporarily I'm transported back through this smell time machine to that time. And I, I grin. It's a quick grin to myself before closing up the car and walking in and saying hi to mum. Oh, the food that we had that night was amazing. There's nothing like a home-cooked meal, isn't there? It really is nothing like it. You can take the same ingredients and do it yourself, and it just it just isn't the same. Yep, there is nothing like mother's home-cooked meal. And if you are a mother and you're listening to this, then I salute you. But yeah, we had chicken that night. Mashed potatoes, peas, carrots. Simple fare, but it was lovely. Oh, but the piece of resistance was she has this rolled pavlova, or as she calls it, a pavlova roll. And it's a pavlova, if you can imagine the outside where it's all crusty and awesome, but it's rolled in on itself, and so it actually has a cream center. It's like a pavlova calzone. And it is delicious. Absolutely delicious. I ate it down with in possibly three bites. And it's it's sweet, but not too sweet. A hint of fruit, sugar. It's lovely. It really is. It really really is. So then we had some wine, and then we talked about this, and we talked about that, and nothing in particular. They've just discovered the wonderful world of Netflix. And I'm getting a thousand thanks as, you know, the good son to help out these hardworking people, and they do work hard. And so they get to chill and entertain. So yeah, so I am 
I'm really being thanked for that. That night when I, when I went to bed, I decided to just go step outside. The country is, is lovely during the day. It is exceptional at sunset and sunrise, although that does take a, a little discipline to get up at that early in the morning. And if you do, again, I salute you. But at night, the sounds are so peaceful. And I just felt like being part of that. I felt like immersing myself in that sound and and just listening to nature. I close the door behind me and I walk along the veranda and then onto the gravel road. And then continue walking about another 20 odd metres to get away from the house. I can already hear the crickets. They're around me and they're slow susuration. I hear this that's a little breeze through the trees. Just just a little breeze. It can get windy there, but but not tonight. The temperature is just perfect. Absolutely perfect. It's about twenty three degrees. Just beautifully warm. You can still feel a little bit of the heat in off the ground. And so it makes for a very pleasant environment. And I just stand there and I listen. All around me I can hear the the wind through the gum trees and I can hear the crickets and every now and then I can hear a little bird fly past. And I just stand there and I look up at the stars. And there's a billion stars. One of the things about Australia is that we don't actually have a lot of light pollution. And so being away from one of the cities as well, oh, you can see the stars. There's a billion, billion of them. And so I look up and just take the sights and the sounds in. I try not to move my feet because even the crunching of the grass underneath me just sort of breaks that perfect immersive silence. I am part of you know, another world outside of the comfort of my, my home. I'm, um, I'm in the country. And I stay a little longer. And then I take my, well, my moment with me, and I walk back inside. And that was a lovely time. It really was. I love to sit and listen to nature. I love to just you know, be in the moment. During the times in Baruga, when we were crazy teenagers, we'd often just drive to one of the the riverside beaches that were there. And there are beaches 
it sounds strange, doesn't it? That there's a there's a beach on a river, but as it bends, and I guess what you could say is science happens, the sediment goes along and then it sort of builds up. And you do get beaches. And some of them are quite large. And they are perfect for just relaxing in. And so we'd get a bunch of friends. We'd buy a pizza. I'd get something to drink. And then we'd drive out to one of the places that only we knew of. There's some really cool secret places that only the locals know of. There's one called Backup Beach. I think it has an official name, but we don't call it by the official name. And I went along with a person called Reg and a girl called Bobby, and they were were seeing each other at the time. And Bobby just backed up the car quite a way, about 20 metres, which was way more excessive than you need to back up the car and just park it. But sure enough, she backed up, and like watching a freight train, we just watched her back up and further and further and further and further, and then pop. She hit a gum tree. And when you hit a gum tree, uh, you always come off second best. It's remarkable. And sure enough, her car was dented. We found it hilarious at the time. I feel a little bit guilty, but at the time we found it hilarious. And thus, forevermore, it was known as Backup Beach. And so we would drive to Backup Beach, point out the, the... Wasn't that the tree that you backed up into? To which we'd get a look and probably a swat. And then we would build a fire on the beach... In the middle of the beach, we were very, you know, fire conscious. It's possibly the perfect place to do it because you literally are surrounded by sand. And you have water nearby and we'd bring buckets and things like that. So we would light the fire, turn on the radio. And we would just, we would talk and chill and wiggle yourself in the sand to just make out the perfect, the perfect, you know chair essentially and just relax laugh tell jokes tell stories and then as the hours rolled on we would sit in silence and it was then I would hear that low susurration of the wind through the gum trees And I heard it time and time again. And just like the smells that transform you back to your past, sounds can do that too. Just go ahead and play your favorite song and I'm pretty sure you'll experience a montage of where you were when you first heard that song and when you listen to it, you know, through your entire life. And as I listen to those gum trees and the wind lazily making their way through those leaves, that sound was, you know, was etched to me and I found it peaceful then. And slowly, uncomfortably, with the light crackle of the fire just dumbing down to coals now, we 
would fall asleep around the fire. It was a beautiful night. It really was. And so, when I was standing in that spot, in stall, and hearing the same noise, it just felt so peaceful. It really, really did. So I made my way back to bed. I opened the windows, and I turned out the lights, and as I laid there, you know, on the bed, I could hear the trees in the distance with my eyes closed. I couldn't see anything, so I just experienced that. And I was just transported back into that place where a bunch of crazy teenagers with all the future ahead of them, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, their lives so, so simple, able just to have, you know, a single perfect night. And I fell into a magical, deep sleep. Which I hope by now you have as well. If not, then there's more episodes of the podcast. But if you have, and you're already asleep, well, thanks for listening. Good night.